Welcome to the Road to Damascus. I am your host, Brock Hendricks. I know you're used to the music blaring and kicking in and then me saying, yes, sir. Well, um, this is not the beginning of the show. This is just a little message that I wanted to drop before the show started. Um, bef- uh, it's been about a month, month and a half since the last time we uh, dropped the episode. And it wasn't for a lack of trying. It's just been a lot of conflict with um, each one of our schedules and things like that. But, um, and I don't even know if I shared this with all my co-hosts, but I know I probably shared it with Stefan, but there have been times over the last several months that I've, um, questioned, um, the direction of the show. Um, am I doing the things that the Lord wants me to do? Is it me father or is it me doing your work? And a lot of times anybody who knows me, I want to make sure that I am in lockstep with the things that God wants me to do and not just the things that I am passionate about. A couple of weeks ago, Stefan and I had a chance to go to the Maverick City, Kurt Franklin Kingdom Tour concert um, here in the Metro Detroit area at the Little Caesars Arena. And when we were there, it was magnificent. It was a great concert, great music. Their new album is great. But the thing that I noticed when I was there was it wasn't your stereotypical type of church environment. We were in a arena that is for hockey games and basketball games, but it was church. People were crying. People were worshiping. People were speaking in tongues. People were just getting down with the spirit. And a couple of days later after that, I got a message forwarded to me from my dad, from a family member that I hadn't spoken to in years and years. And the family member just asked him to forward the message to me, just saying that they had listened to the show, um, stumbled upon it and how the show had been helping them in their own personal walk and journey. And when those two things happened, I looked at those as confirmation to me that um, even though I'm not doing it the conventional way that I am still on the right path and that this show is still affecting people in a positive way. So I want to thank God for that revelation And I want to thank the people who have listened to the show, who love the show, love our banter, love the nuggets that we drop, um, the the mic dropping moments that we have from Shonda and Lauren and Stefan. And just know that we take this show seriously. Um, We take everything that we try to put out. uh, We try to be sensitive. Um, And we know that everybody's not always going to agree with everything that we talk about. They might not always agree with our opinions and that's fine. Um, I'm okay with that. I'm not one that's afraid to shake some or rattle some cages, I guess I should say, but know that my heart is in the place of trying to build up the kingdom and bringing us all to a closer relationship with God. That was the original mission of the road to Damascus. And that will continue to be the mission of the road to Damascus. So I want to thank you all for listening to my little rant. And now let's start the show. Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. As we are uh, recording this, it is June 26, 2022. And I'm time stamping it for a special reason, because this is the first show we've done in about two months. And we weren't going to plan on recording for maybe another week or two um, to get back in the swing of things. It's been a busy uh, spring and early summer for the crew, but we want to thank all our loyal listeners that have reached out to me, to Shonda, to Stefan, to Lauren, asking us, where's the shows at? Where's the shows where we going to be uh, dropping that smoking hot fire all for you very, very soon. But we couldn't let, um, weeks and weeks passed without um, speaking about what happened 
um, over the last two days, the 25th and 24th in the Supreme Court. So that's kind of what we'll be diving into. But before we get into that, I just want to tell you how you could participate in the show. As always, you can reach us by email that's at roll to Damascus. That's roll the number two, Damascus at iCloud.com. Or you can reach us on the socials. That's roll to Damascus. That's roll the number two, Damascus on Instagram as well as Twitter and soon to be on TikTok. So without further ado, let me introduce the people that's going to be helping me navigate the ship today. We have a regular and we have a guest as well. So let's go with our regular, the person, the myth, the legend, the rabbi, Shonda. Say what's up, rabbi. How are you? How are you? What's up, everybody? It's good to be back. It's good to good to have you back. Good to have you back. And today when I said we had a special guest, we have someone that is very close to me. This is, uh, I always talk about my family, you know, Stefan and Lauren, Stefan being my brother and Lauren being my cousin. But I have a very special guest on today, my cousin, Nicole Flanagan, um, all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio, is on the line with us. She is not in studio, but she is a assistant uh, pastor at Greater Bethlehem Temple in Cincinnati, Ohio, as well as the host of a streaming show that is on YouTube. Um, that you can uh, reach out um, and on uh, YouTube and uh, give it a check out. It's called Introspect with Nicole Flanagan. I've been a guest on her show a couple of times, so I definitely wanted to return, uh, ask her to return the favor and participate with us today. So I just want to say hello to Nicole. Hello, Nicole. What up, what up, what up? Let's get it. I'm what? excited to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation. Well, thank you for accepting the invitation, and I appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I just want to say that um, me giving a timestamp and the date for the show, I normally don't do that. But the reason I wanted to do that was because we had something happen in our country yesterday, June 25th, Friday, uh, 2022, where the Supreme Court of the United States had rendered um, – a verdict on five to four to um, overturn Roe v. Wade, um, which when a lot of people hear Roe v. Wade, they think about um, abortion, where um, just to give a little education, Roe v. Wade was never actually about abortion. Roe v. Wade was actually about privacy and the privacy to be able to do anything you wanted medically with your doctor without the state or the country being able to say yay or nay. Um, it ultimately became about abortion and reproductive rights, but it actually is um, on the surf on the actual surface is about privacy in the United States. And me being a man and um, not being one who has to ultimately carry a child, I wanted to make sure that when I did this show, I was able to let um, it be carried by the women and let them speak about it. So I'm going to just ask. Um, a real quick, Shonda, before you really dive into it, just um, your thoughts on everything that happened yesterday. Listen, it's, <laughs> I'm frustrated. Okay. okay. Let, let me just say that. I'm frustrated and, and I'm angry because I don't think it should be left with anyone other than that woman and whoever she chooses to bring into the discussion what happens with her body. Um. I'm going to save uh, the, the, the meat until the we meat. get into it. Okay. But, yeah, it's how do you take choice? You know, the one thing God gave us all in the beginning was choice. He put those two trees in the garden, the knowledge of good and even the tree of life. They weren't that far apart from each other, you know, so that you could choose. He could have very easily taken, have taken one of them away, but he didn't. And not since then has he ever taken our choice away. We have the right to choose him or not to choose between good and evil. So how do you, the state, tell me what to do with my body? If God doesn't do it, you certainly don't have the authority to do it. Okay, okay. Nick, how about you? I absolutely share in the sentiments of Shonda. I feel the exact same way. Um, you know, when I heard, 
I felt as though that, you know, this country, once again, just shows the hypocrisy of the country. It, this is a highlighting reel of, of how our country focuses on things that, that uh, should not even matter um, from the perspective of people legislating for other people. When we consider all the things that are going on in the world, and then we have Roe v. Wade being the big hot topic issue that that women now are having to be affected by. And it's very disappointing because while I have never been in a situation where I've been pregnant and not wanted the pregnancy, it is very unkind to think that I have the right to tell someone else what to do with that decision. Um, It is unethical for me to think that it is okay for me to tell someone else what to do with that decision. Um, and so I, I'm disappointed. Um, but again, as, as uh, you know, as Shonda just said, you know, God gave us the, the, the option to choose and to strip that from someone is playing God. And I think that um, this is the tip of the iceberg, which scares me because I know that this is not just about Roe v. Wade. I know that this Absolutely. is a big issue. But I also believe that this is a precursor to what is to come. And that is what is really scary. And, and it's disappointing. Again, it's, it's, it's deeply disappointing um, for anyone to tell a woman what she can and cannot do to her own body. I think that that decision is between her and God. And um, for a, mostly men, this is the thing that gets me. And I don't want to get too deep into it because I know no, okay. you're just asking what my yeah, initial thought was <laughs> um, when I heard this. But once again, we have men, men who are making decision, decisions for women. And that is, <laughs> it is, it is complete injustice. How can a man who has never been a woman, never had um, the concern of pregnancy, the burden of pregnancy. Pregnancy is a blessing to many, but there are many women who pregnancy is not a blessing to them for whatever reason. That's not my business. And for a man to tell a woman, mostly men to tell women, you can't do this with your body. And this, this is the biggest issue in the country. We got to fight for this. It's, right. it's crazy. It's 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 just ridiculous, and so I'm deeply disappointed. Not completely shocked, um, shocked that it really went through. But then again, it's like you know what? This is America. Right. <laughs> this is what this is what happens. We major in the minors, and minor in the majors, and it's just too many other things going on for for this to be the thing that we have to fight for now. It's disappointing. Absolutely, now, absolutely. You know, I was trying to wait. Right. I was trying to wait, <laughs> go, but go ahead. <laughs> Nicole, I got I got to jump on this right behind you, because it's not just please do. It's not just the fact that it's men; it's old white men, okay, who are probably mm. past the stage of erection or reproduction, who seem to have the most to say about what happens with women's bodies. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I absolutely agree. Um, so Nicole, um, just so our listeners know, Nicole won't be able to stick around for the whole podcast. So I want to kind of get as much uh, meat from you as I can before you have to uh, go. But um, you being a, a church leader, Nicole, well, both you ladies being church leaders and things like this, I, um, as I would, as, as Shonda reached out to me yesterday, first thing in the morning after this verdict reached out, like they overturned it. I'm, I'm like, you want a pod tomorrow? She like, Absolutely. Um, but being church leaders, both of you all, um, the thing that I thought to myself was that we do so much in, 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 in my podcast and Nicole, you do, um, as a minister, you, you shined as an elder and you Nicole on your, uh, live show that you do on YouTube. We do so much to try to bring people into the church and into relationship. How do you think that this affects? affects the church from the standpoint of a lot of people looking at this as religious people um, forcing their religious views, their religious ideology onto them. 
as far as, oh, so y'all just force y'all ideologies and beliefs because, yes, we, we are a nation um, where the majority of people um, say they do have some type of faith, but we have a large majority of people in this country that don't believe what we believe. So what do you think that impact ultimately has on the church? I'll start with you, Nicole. I think I think it, it, it's just going to fall in line with everything else. Because again, and I, I hate to keep using the word, but this is the word that keeps just jumping out at me. And that's hypocrisy. Because the church tends to, the church as a whole, not the body of Christ, the right. church. Yes. It tends to uh, focus on, and I wanted to make put emphasis on that, because I believe that we have a huge separation between the two. I think that we have become a, a body of people that attend a building and we kind of attend a building based upon the like-mindedness of each other. And Absolutely. so it may have nothing to do with being in the body of Christ, just being in a body of believers of the same thing. And I think that what is, what is happening is this is much of the same thing. I don't know that it's going to have a major impact because I think people have already formed an opinion about what they feel about people who are churchgoers or, or Bible-toting believers, so to speak. Um, you know, the, the church has a tendency, and especially when we talk about the and, and then, excuse me, I can't even get the word out, evangelicals. When we think about what um, so many politicians, um, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to go to Trump. I don't want to use his name. I, I just don't want to do it. But <laughs> when we think about so many um, Christians, and I'm holding up my air quotes as I say that. You can't see me, but I'm doing it. I believe so many it. Christians who support the view that the reason why we do the things that we're doing, the reason why this uh, was overturned, Roe v. Wade was overturned, is because we believe the Bible. We believe in the Word of God. Is it, To me, is um, it, it really just highlights how ignorant um, um, people are. A lot of people are because uh, when we when we consider the fact that people oftentimes are hurt by church people, and this is this is kind of across the board. Church. I don't want to make it seem like the church is a place where everyone just gets hurt because that's not that's not always the case. But I think that when people use their uh, religious um, pulpit. Um, and, and that doesn't necessarily have to um, be the direct pulpit. It could just be their, you know, their soapbox that they stand on um, to um, form laws and opinions about people and, and hold people in, in contempt and, and really condemn people. Um, then it, it's, it's the opposite of who Jesus Christ is. And with this particular uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned, with this um, this happening, I think that it's going to open up further di- further discussion around why people um, don't like church people, <laughs> um, why people feel that um, church people are hypocrites. Because um, when you think about how this this is happening today, if we were and we don't have the privilege, but God knows, if we were to go back into the lives of these men, these these older white men, uh, as Shonda just said. If we were to go back and look throughout the history of their lives, I guarantee you that there are more of them who paid for abortions for their daughters or for their girlfriends or even maybe for their wives. And, and mistresses. Don't forget sin, mistresses. Committed, and mistresses. <laughs> yes. And mistresses. Thank you. Who have committed the sin that they're saying that other people are committing. But because you did it and and your, that part of your life is over, I'm going to condemn you for doing the very same thing I did. So it's just being a hypocrite. And Absolutely. I think that the, the people who we're trying to draw to the church, I think people know. They already know. You know, this is not new to them. I don't think that they're going to be shocked by this being, um, you know, a, 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 a hugely Republican-driven um, um, issue. I don't think that people are going to be shocked by that. I think that people have already formed their opinion about the church. Um I personally and you and I have had conversations around the church and how we stand on uh, tradition and we hold true to these traditions and they often kill people and don't help people. And I think that this is just another thing. This is just an, another thing um, that for many people just seals the deal that, that puts another nail in the coffin because it's like, you know what, why, why would I want to be a part of an organization or a group of people that 
strips people of their rights. Absolutely. Um, and, and that makes them feel bad for having the right to choose. And I just think that it's just another thing. And, and it's, again, it's disappointing, but here we are. Thank you. That was a great job. Great job. You get it. Your- Bam. Bam. So what about you, Shonda? <laughs> Uh, I, I think the, the nature of our country has, has always been force. You know, it's, it's always been force. Um, our country wasn't built on fairness or equal rights. Um, statistically, <coughs> excuse me, white women have more abortions than minority women, but minority women have less access to good health care. Um, so they haven't slowed down abortions. They've just made them more dangerous. And um, the, the church it's kind of like a blind man in a dark room looking for a black cat. <laughs> you know, they, they say nothing. They're silent. And if you're complacent, you're complicit. complicit. So how is it that um, we have the, the way, we have the roadmap to um, abundant life. We have the path to eternal life and goodness. But we don't speak out when things are wrong. You know, we don't speak truth to power but we claim to have the most power. Um, something is wrong with that picture. You know, something is absolutely um, wrong with it. And uh, I tell you, I, I don't try to get people to come to church. Okay, let me just put that out there. I oh. don't try to get people to come to church. I try to get people to establish relationship because the Holy Spirit, he's the best teacher. He's the best lead. He's the best guide. He knows where you should be. He will put you in the right place with the right people at the right time to help you have an even better relationship to get you where you're supposed to go so that you're not blind, so that you don't get caught up in other people's opinions and how they feel about it. You will have the best teacher ever in him. So, yeah, I'm not trying to bring um, people to churches to have cliques and uh, to be treated any kind of way so that you can get a good view of what Christianity is not. Because I found inside of churches are some of the most unchristlike people I've ever met. They have no real idea of what love is. And if you look at it, it's almost a microcosm of what's happening in our government that's happening in our churches. Wow, man. Amen. See? Amen. Shonda just <laughs> dropping them gems like she always do, Nick. This I I get I get the privilege of well, when she does answer the phone, I get to oh, <laughs> I do. get the privilege of uh, talking to. Don't worry, Nicole <laughs> does me the same way. Um, but that's Whatever, another. I, but I want to I want to speak to that. No, I want to speak ahead. to that point. I think, and 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 Shonda, you are dropping all kinds of gems. I think that the church historically has gotten its lead from government. If you yes. look at the establishment and the hierarchy of the church, you'll see that it is. It mirrors government, and I really believe that the reason why, um, it, the reason why Shonda she said that she doesn't lead people to church, she doesn't invite people to church. She leads them and invites them to a relationship with God. I think that that is so important that that we be an example of that because people are not we're living in a day and time. People just are not, not coming to church like they used to. Even even normal churchgoers aren't going to church like they used to anymore. Right. And I, 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 for us to keep our heads in the sand and pretend that these issues don't affect us bothers me because who are we? We're people. And, you know, the, the church is not made up of aliens, people who don't live on earth and who are not affected by the laws and, and, and the things that happen in government. The church is made up of people, citizens of the United States, people who are living every day their lives in this country who are affected by what happens in this country. And for us to just ignore these issues and not speak on them and not have conversation um, and not help people through these areas of their lives, not being practical and um, pretending that this doesn't affect us is going to hurt so many people and and hurt so many people. And I think that's why people are not, um, they don't feel comfortable coming to church as, as, as they used to. Um, because they just don't want to be actors on the stage anymore. Why am I doing this? Absolutely. You know, why am I coming to this building and pretending to be okay when I'm not? You know, why am I um, listening to a person? And and I think th- these days you see more of 
the church being like government. You see, you just see it. And it's sickening because it shouldn't be that way. God's church should not be that way. But it's, it's, it's much of the same. And and I, I, I'm so glad that, that Shonda brought those points up because it's, it's important that we, that we don't, as ministers, that we don't shy away from these kind of conversations. I'm sure that there'll be many pastors who won't say a word about it. And there'll be many pastors who, when they do speak on it, they'll speak in favor of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it will hurt the people sitting in the pews because people are not safe anymore. You know, you're not safe. So you hide. And that's where the most damage is done because I have to sneak and do what I do because you won't help me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why would I invite people to come to churches where the person who, where, where the pastors um, have extra kids uh, on, on their wives or they are secretly mm-hmm. homosexual, but you're telling me not to do these things. Kind of like these government officials wow. who've probably paid for many abortions. Now you're trying to tell me I can't have one. Now I'm absolutely pro-choice. Would I have an abortion? I don't believe I would, but I guess it would depend on the circumstances. There was um, a lady in, in Texas who was forced, who was being forced to carry a baby who died in utero to term because they didn't want to do an abortion. Now you're telling me you want her to go nine months carrying a baby with all the hormones, all the emotions, all the attachments with the dead baby because you don't want her to have an abortion. Now come on here. Come on now. We, we have got to do better than that. At some point, the love of people has to outweigh our desire to be right. Well, I've never heard that case before. Um, um, it's, it's disgusting, no, but that is such a great point. Oh, yeah, no. No, it, I'm saying that that is, I, listen, this is your show, and I'm just keep jumping in. Oh, no, no, in, no, no, like, no, 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 you're fine. I know you're used <laughs> to being a host. I just want to make sure um, before I re- kept going, did you did you need to uh, pull out before? I was just looking at the clock. I think I got I got a few more minutes. I think I got a okay. few more minutes. I All right. Think, okay. I, I just now. okay. <laughs> now you you in now. <laughs> you you on the road yeah. to do, you, you it's easy to get sucked in. Yeah, here. no. Once you get in on the road to Damascus, right. you don't want to get off. Um so um <laughs> that's just, a good that's a good one. <laughs> um just real quick, because I know you'll be uh leaving soon. So let me ask uh you ladies this. Um, because we actually, Nicole, did do a two-part show about um, pro-life versus pro-choice and things like that. And I think it was a consensus that we were all, like, I always use the term that these um, things aren't mutually exclusive to one another, being Mm pro-life, because the opposite of life is death. And the opposite of choice is no choice. So you can be pro-life and pro-choice. Like, and like Shonda mm-hmm. said, Shonda um, isn't saying she's for abortions. She's just for people's ability to choose as God has given us the choice. And I think you're saying the same thing that you're not saying, yeah, go out and get an abortion. But you're not saying I'm going to sit here and force you to carry a child to term. Um, and and I think that what and, and what I'm trying to get at and ask you, ladies, is how come we never address the issues that are um, in our society that make women want to have abortions. And and what I mean by that is um, poverty, um, no maternity leave. Companies don't have maternity leaves. Um, you know, uh, we don't have any uh, universal pre-K. We don't have um, free health care. So these are things that people have to consider when they're having children. It's usually financial. I think Shonda had gave a statistic that, 65% of women who get abortions are women who've had children before and they're making it based on a financial decision. So why don't you think that we as a body or we as quote unquote, like you said, Nicole, a church try to help the government address those issues, you know, address the issues of poverty, of pre-K, of universal health care and things like that. I'll start with you, Nicole. I think it's because the the uh, church again mirrors the government, and I think that we would rather uh, hide our sin and expose uh, what we feel is the fault of someone else. So it's easier to uh, make you look bad than to uh, look in the mirror and say, you know what, I've done a lot of wrong myself. And so it's it's again majoring in the minors. 
we want to tell a woman what she can't do with her body and what she can do with her body. Yet we will not address what we've done to put her in a predicament where she has to even make that choice. Um, we, as a country, we don't want to address uh, the reparations for for the slavery um, that took place in our country for hundreds of years of our people. And yet we will uh, condemn people for having the choice or being able to make the choice as to whether or not they want to bring new life into this into this world. And I think it's, it's one of those things that, again, we don't discuss it. Uh, we don't offer the assistance um, because uh, we don't really want to help people. <laughs> we want to hurt people. We want to control people. Absolutely. And it's about control. And um, if we if we got down to the nitty gritty of it, if we really looked at it, dissected it, and paid attention to what is really at stake and really at play, it's humanity. And it's 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 hard to have a discussion about helping you when I'm the one who has my foot on your neck. Yeah, it's hard to um, offer you support um, when I really don't like you, when I really um, don't think that you are equal to me. Um, And so, unfortunately, we don't have uh, if we as a body of Christ, it's not even about people of color because this doesn't just affect, affect black women. It does affect black women, but it doesn't just affect black women. So if we as believers would get together and we would join forces and we would speak out and we would mobilize and we would help each other, then it would make it harder to elect officials who have the ability to choose on the behalf of women, men, all across this country. And I think that what you're doing now on this show, I think is so vitally important because we have to have these conversations. We have, if we are believers, it is our responsibility to speak out against wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. And and I, I, I'm going to ride Shonda's point. I'm going to ride it. I'm going to ride this way. God gave us choice. And for man to try to take that from us or to take it from us, because every day, if you turn on the news, you see that every, you see new states are, are this ban is going into effect right away. I and think Missouri was the first state it, that it triggered in 10 minutes after the ruling. And this you see how, you see how that happened? <laughs> I mean, like, like, we don't care about anything. This, this is, um, this is, as they say, a miscarriage of justice. I, I, I feel that um, more women, um, women are still going to get abortions. They're going to still have abortions. It's not going to stop oh, yeah. Yeah, women from having abortions. At all. But now it brings out a bigger issue. It, it's going to bring out a bigger issue. Now we're going to see more death um, as a result because women are going to have to uh, feel they're gonna feel like they have to go and um, get abortions by any means necessary, mm-hmm. um, will, which will result in their death. Um, and uh, we will see um, uh, again. This is gonna raise up that 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 group of people um, that that hates another group of people, and this is just further di- furthering the divide of of our country. And it's just, it's, it's, it's sad. And I, and I think that um, we don't talk about it because we are the ones with the foot on the neck, our feet on the neck. I just, I mean, I think that that's what it is. And we don't want to have these discussions because it brings out, it, it exposes the, the original sins of this nation. Why are people impoverished? Why, why is um, there such an inequity with health care? Why do we treat women like they are less than? Why do these things happen? Because it was the original sin of this country. These things happened at the onset. And so we don't want to talk those, that talk. We don't want to have those discussions because it exposes who we really are at the core. 
Absolutely, absolutely. You get an amen for that. You was dropping some gems and some knowledge. I, I think you'd have been on this show before. The knowledge you drop, you sound like somebody who'd have been here before. Um, I'm trying to rush and get the points out because I gotta go. But I am like having so much. I'm having such a great time that I don't want to go. Oh, <laughs> no, I. Hey, if you have to go, just uh, just you know, chime in and let me know. And like I said, I'm I'm very appreciative because I know this was last minute. Um, and I do appreciate you um, coming on and spending some time with us on this uh, day that we're uh, recording a podcast. So, Shonda, what about you? Why do you feel like we – do you agree with Nicole as far as it's hard – you you don't want to address these other issues because the foot is on the throat? Absolutely. Our, our country was built on taking something that doesn't belong to you, making it ours, and then forcing you to follow our rules about it, and we want you to like it. We want you to agree with it. Absolutely not. This is not about babies. If a fetus was actually a baby already, could I take out a life insurance policy that pays out if I miss? If not, you can hold your thoughts. You can have several seats. If the fetus doesn't have the same rights as my child who is already here, you can save all of that. It's not about that. They are desensitizing us through these multiple, because this is not the first time um, repealing Roe v. Wade has come up. This was just a prime time in our country to pass it. And all of the discussions and all the arguments are desensitizing us to losing control. It'll make it easy for people when real things like voters' rights uh, comes up for you to feel like, oh, my voice doesn't matter anyway. They're going to do what they want to do. It's to shut you down. Because I think we all know that um, the black voice controls the vote. So, um, yeah, that's one of the things. Take your voter rights away. Take your voice away. Make you feel powerless, as they did many years ago when women didn't count, when black people didn't count, when we weren't considered a whole person. They're trying to take us back to that. Um, slavery was never abolished. Um, if everyone celebrating the Emancipation Proclamation, it didn't free the slaves. It paid reparations to white slave owners for losing their slaves. They could get reparations for losing people who never should have been enslaved in the first place, but you won't pay reparations to the people who were actually enslaved that never should have been in the first place. So our country, as Malcolm X said, it's like chickens coming home to roost. Now you get a really good idea of what our country really looks like. Now that the covers are being peeled back. You mean so is a hypocrisy like us enslaving and treating black people wrong here, but going overseas and fighting for mm -hmm. against Hitler, yeah. who was doing the same doing the same thing. Oh, right. OK. But I, then they still paying the Jews. Right. For what Hitler did to them. So, yeah, if we're going to talk, let's have real conversation. Let's talk about the real issue. Let's talk about the hypocrisy. Let's talk about your white fears let's talk about it let's get to the bottom of it so you you um nicole it's funny um jane elliott once said that uh white people can count and they know by 2050 that this is supposed to be a minority majority country and that they need as shonda brought up earlier even though percentage-wise more black women get abortions the number of white women who have abortions is greater than that of black women. And Jay Elliott, who is the um, the uh, anti-racist educator, said that they need white women to start having babies to get these numbers back in balance. Um, so I guess my ultimate question coming out of that statement is I've never thought that this was about um, abortion was abortion was never the big issue. It was about forcing people to have babies about keeping the population of numbers up um, because the states that trick have these trigger laws, Louisiana, the Missouri's, these are states that actually the federal government has to give money to. These are the least educated states. These are the least, um, the higher states that use more um, opioids and have um, all less education. All of the, the bad statistics, the states that really push these ideas are the, the um the main culprits so to me if i can take away your privacy that means i can do anything with you i want to do because clarence thomas in the affirmative agreeing with this case he brought up three cases that he said he felt should be re-looked at one was contraceptive 
two was about gay marriage and three was about um just gay relationships getting into people's bedrooms and things like that so nicole if i say i want to take away your ability to decide whether you want to have a child or not but then also want to take away your ability to have contraceptives at all and when they say contraceptives condom is a contraceptive as well and i want to take away your ability to have contraceptives but i also want everybody to carry a gun and i want to say that guns have more rights than women um what what are we saying as a country is our priorities what has always been control power i i am very clear on that i don't you know, when I said that, I, I wasn't very shocked behind the ruling. Um, while it's disappointing as it, it a black American, um, these things are commonplace. <laughs> they don't come as a surprise anymore. America gone. Um, America. I know who's in power. <laughs> America gone. Precisely. America. The, the 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 I know who's in power. I know who's all. I, I was born in 1982. Um. I recently had a conversation with someone where I was saying that um, for years, for years, meaning into my adulthood, I used to have this subconscious feeling of inferiority around white people. My parents never raised me to think that I was less than anyone. They um, never raised me to think that white people were more powerful, stronger, important than me or anyone else but society has a way of infiltrating you in your mind to think a certain way so as a child you're you're programming on tv you only see white people your president the people in government your your mayor your governor these have always only been white people your teachers in school mostly white people uh the people in the stores um in the police officers, your your community servants, mostly white people. And so I am very clear about who this country is. We, uh, we have the ability to um, affect change, but as long as the people that are in power have no connection to the people that they oversee or lead if they have no connection to those people then they will never be able to affect the change that is needed it is very easy it is very easy for me to um, make if I think about DJ you know I was the administrator for our um, our Christian school at our church and my son, DJ, was a student. He still is. But in years past, we had all these other students who uh, the decisions that we made affected. And I could easily make decisions that only benefited my child because he was directly connected to me. And so I wanted to see him succeed. I wanted, uh, I wanted my agenda to be pushed so that uh, it benefited him. But as a Christian, as a Christian, you dismantle the need for self uh, preservation and self benefit, and you take on the needs of other people, and you say, even though you're not mine directly, you're mine spiritually. I have a spiritual connection, a kindred. We have kindred spirits, and I want to see you succeed. Like I want to see mine succeed, but that's that's never been this country. This country has never wanted to see us succeed. They've never had a connection to us, and so that's why we are where we are today. They don't want to see us make it. So um, we talk about uh, the the voter rights suppression. We talk about the gun laws. And how, how is it that the gun is more important and has more rights than a woman in her body? The reason for that is because the people in power don't only, don't only do they re- disregard us as black people. The truth is they disregard women as well. Period. Just women. Period. Um, 
Period. Hey, hey, Period. Hey, hey, real quick, Nicole. Uh, aren't, aren't these same people that Pat wanted these Roe v. Wade overturned women's choice to make a decision? The same people who were shouting, don't make me wear a mask. I have body autonomy. Yes. <laughs> the hypocrisy. Absolutely. My body, my choice. If I don't want to wear a mask, I shouldn't have to wear a mask. Why are you forcing me to wear this mask? Even though it was a mask that was they only were gonna convenient. They were going to kidnap and kill your governor. They were planning, plotting to kidnap and kill your governor. Because she was enforcing a rule to protect everyone. Protect that everyone. That is wear a mask. <laughs> and they were going to kidnap and kill her. This wasn't just talk. We weren't just talking about doing it. They were literally planning Planning and plotting to kidnap and kill her. Pro-choice. I mean, excuse me, pro-life people. Pro-life people (laughs) were going to kidnap and kill a woman who is sworn in office to protect and to carry out the law of the state. (laughs) To to benefit everybody. To benefit and protect everybody. Because they're pro-life. Right. It, it seems like because they're polite, right? Means they get to choose who lives and who dies. Because making these exactly. guns, making passing this gun law, really gives them the right to carry as many guns as they want, whatever kind of gun they want, so they can shoot more people. Because you remember, there was a time in our country when black men were just being shot unarmed. Well, now let's go ahead and arm them to give us even more of a reason to shoot them without asking any questions because, oh, you know what? They're carrying. Now you can be shot for carrying it instead of pulling it. It's, it's, it's systematic. Mm-hmm. It's systematic. From the time they came over and grabbed us from Africa, it was a well-oiled machine. They didn't kidnap slaves. They kidnapped kings, queens, princes, and enslaved them, separated them from people who talked like them so they couldn't understand, took away their language, took away their, their, their spiritual um, um, heritage, took away their culture. They tried to rob them of everything to bring them to a place where they didn't know anybody, know anything, make it easy for them to enslave them. They've been doing the same thing ever since then because they see whenever we unify, whenever we find our community and start to get together, whenever we get together for a cause, that thing's going to happen. It's going to happen. When we control that election, then they realize we have got to do something to keep them from getting together. And this was a good way to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. The best way to make a person feel inferior is to start lying to the generation of children. That's what happened Mm. in our school systems with American history. It started with, you know, training the children that this is what black people were. And when they show them the pictures of Africa, it looks like grass and dirt and children with distended bellies. That's such a small part of the richest continent on the oh, planet. Oh, yeah, even uh, National Geographic, I think I brought this up on a previous podcast, National right. Geographic came out and apologized about the images that they show constantly of Africa, just about right. black people in huts. Right. Whereas, like, they got better roads and cars than we do right, like, in the States. It's, it's, it's the, the miseducation, you know, of the children that creates a miseducated adult generation that just keeps reproducing after their kind. So we have a generation of kids right now, a generation that knows not God, and a generation that doesn't respect themselves or the life of another. And at some point, we have got to start making some changes within our own communities. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. Goodness. Y'all, I'm, I'm, I just want to say I'm in the presence of greatness with you two ladies today. And I just like the um, gems that y'all been dropping on this conversation. Um, I, I'm, I'm the type of person that I try to. Because on Thursday, the Supreme Court did uh, pass a law where they um, basically struck down New York's um, laws about carrying a gun and things like that. And if, Nicole, it seems like since, um, and I know you didn't want to bring his name up, but 2016 when uh, Trump became president, he had the three Supreme Court justices. And we've known that we've already known that this was still a racist country. It was divisive and 
things like that. So I'm not putting that on Trump. It wouldn't. He just literally just added lighter fluid to the a flame that had already been burning um, for three, four, five hundred years, however long you want um, to look at it. But when we um, think about the attacks and things we've been hearing, we're trying to make people less educated. Um, they're, they're complaining about things that are in the books that critical race theory and a lot of them couldn't even tell you what critical race theory is um you have people who don't want to teach sex education and they wanting to get rid of contraceptive um at the end of the day it sounds to me that um and and what i want to say because you one point that you did bring up nicole that i absolutely love was that you said that People are detached from the situation. When we look at our government, I see Nancy Pelosi, 80-year-old white woman, Joe Biden, late well, late 70s, Joe Biden, late 70-year-old white man, um, Speaker of the House, Chuck Schumer, white man in his late 60s, early 70s, uh, all the Republican leaders, we know white men, none of them look like this country. A lot of them are millionaires, have tons of money. So they're detached from the everyday people. They don't know what's going on on the ground. They don't know that, you know, even the way Republicans talk about abortion, they talk about abortion like women just getting them like birth control pills. Oh, I'm pregnant. Let me go get an abortion. Okay, I'm back the next day. Like um, the women who do decide to get an abortion, um, typically agonize over that decision. They think about the long-term um, effects of this decision can make on my life. Why am I doing it? And, you know, and I know a small percentage of women who do get abortions are because of rape or incest, but the, even the fact that a rapist or in person that does do rape or incest has more rights than the woman does to even get rid of that child. Do you think that, our next move or mission, Nicole, should be to try to get more people that look like this country in the office and start having a well-educated voting base. Because I've always believed the strength of black people has been us being educated voters. And we understand that you might not have all my interests, best interests at heart, but you got the majority of them. So that's why I got to put you in office. Nicole. Absolutely. That's the only way to enact change. If you don't know my story, if you don't have any connection to my plight, you can't represent me. You just can't. Even with good intentions, if you don't understand it, and understanding comes through education, you don't necessarily have to experience it, but at least be educated on it. And for people to be ignorant today, they're ignorant by choice. People have tools at the tip of their fingers. You can Google anything. You can research anything today. If you want to be educated on a person's life, if you want to know their struggle, you can find out and you can be supportive. I don't want I don't want people to think that I'm saying that you have to look like me to help me. But you have to be connected to my pain. You have to be connected to my story to help me. There has to be some connection. And that is the only way that we'll be able to bring forth the change that is so desperately needed in this country. We can't give up. We can't say, well, this is what it is. This is how it's going to be. This is how it's always been. Oh, well. Come, Lord Jesus. (laughs) We can't do that. (laughs) Because our children, our cousins, our nieces, our nephews are coming behind us. And if we leave it because we're tired of fighting, if we leave it here, then we leave them with a mess that is going to be worse than it is now. And so we have to keep fighting. We have to mobilize. We have to vote. My mother will not, I mean, she literally calls you days before election, text you to make certain that her grown children, good and grown, are voting. Because that has always been the only way that we can make change. Since we have been allowed to vote, and I 
hate using that term. <laughs> I hate using that term. Since we've been allowed to vote, many of us still don't exercise the right because we feel that no matter what we do, it's going to be what it's going to be. And we have to change that mindset. Absolutely. We have to change that mindset in order for us to see the change that we need. I am afraid for my son's generation if we become complicit. I am afraid if we sit down and, like Shonda said, if we just become complacent, we become complicit. Bam. If we say, oh, well, if we say, oh, well, we, we become we can conscious do. pilot. We just wash our hands of the situation. Right. We wash our hands. And, and we learn how to survive. Again, our people, we, we know how to survive. Absolutely. We can survive anything. And so we feel like, okay, we're constantly in a state of survival mode. Our nervous system has not relaxed in hundreds of years. But, uh, but even We've isn't, always had to fight. Look, sorry to cut you off, Nick. But isn't even that a, a slave mentality? Absolutely. We, well, we're just, we, 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 we'll survive. We didn't find a way to survive this instead of saying, no, I'm tired of just trying to survive. We know how to survive. And, and, we don't and, know how to thrive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we teach that. We teach that to each generation. We we make our children. The reason why uh, our our children um, settle for less is because we teach them be grateful for what you have. Mm-hmm. Shut your mouth. Right. <laughs> you, you, you don't deserve that. Right. You better be grateful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so we breed this mentality of acceptance. Um, and of and unfortunately, you know, we, we yes. belong. I don't need you to let me in. You don't have to accept I belong. And I think once we get that and we pass that along, our children will start to feel differently. Because if you notice, white kids, they feel like this country belongs to them. They feel privileged. Yes, they do. From the beginning, they grow up feeling like that. And even when they don't have the educational acumen to get into a good school, their parents have the money. So they're not as smart as some of us, but they feel like they still belong. And they will still look down on you if you're smarter than them because they feel like the country belongs to me and we allow you to be here. No, no, no. I built this country. We built this country. So, so they, for free. Yeah, for free. So they, they So it's like somebody who is on third base and think they hit a triple. You were born on third base, but you think you hit a triple right. pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and, and you know, it's funny and I'll um, go back to the original question, even to you, Shonda, when Nicole talked about the representation, you don't have to know me, but you have to respect me and want to know my, even God put himself in flesh mm-hmm. to know what we were having to deal with right. in this flesh as Jesus Christ. It right. said he was tempted in all ways of man, yet he sinned not. But he understood, oh, okay, now I understand. Right, so he could say to you, think it not strange when you go through this because he had already been through this. You know, I don't need you to, to walk in my shoes. I need you to read about the journey, read about my journey. You know, understand the things that I've gone through to get here. Our government, our governmental leaders should be just as diverse as the country so that everybody feels represented, so everybody feels like they have a voice, so that everybody understands their vote counts. You matter. And when you don't see yourself in, uh, represented in government, when you don't see yourself represented even at your job, in the, in the leadership structure, when you don't see yourself, you don't feel like you have a voice. So you feel like you have to be quiet. I'm, I'm not good at being quiet. I wouldn't have made a good slave back in the day. I wouldn't make one now. And that's, that's where you're trying to get us back to. Right. So I'm not going to make a good slave. I'm not my grandparents. Right. You know, I'm not good at being quiet right. or, or complacent. Right. You know, we have just got to start um, doing things different. And if you're not willing to be wrong, you'll never learn enough to truly be right. Woo. Mm. Uh, Nick, when I had called you yesterday at, um, evening i invite you to come on the show you had mentioned to me that someone's i think it was you it was either you or my other cousin but said that um it was a saying that said what you're doing now you know people say i would have did this i would have did that back in the day but it's like what you're doing now is what you would have been doing back then 
Like, don't, don't say what you, oh, if I lived back then, I would have been Nat Turner. Right. And, and I'm you, leaving. And you enslaved right now. And, and, and you <laughs> you stuck in the matrix. Right. You got yourself <laughs> enslaved right now. But back then, oh, I would. Yeah. You won't say nothing now. But you would have said. You oh, were exactly. Right. No, how you do anything is how you do everything. You're not about to all of a sudden be outspoken right. now about this. And you quiet about the promotion you got passed over on your job to somebody less qualified than you. But you wasn't gonna get out there and pick the cotton. Come on now, yeah, you, exactly. You and I and I got to give credit to to Joy Reid and Tiffany Cross because I I pulled that quote from them. But it's absolutely right. It, it, it's easy for us to sit here and say on our little purse, "Oh, if I was man, if I was alive, <laughs> man, ain't no way." You're lying. You're lying because you're not doing anything now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. What you could do now, you're not doing. Right. So, Anything. yeah, and, and whether it be using your voice, using your platform, speaking out, speaking again. I mean, everybody thinks that they have all this acumen. But then when I look at your your Instagram or your social media feed, you trying to sell me flat tummy tea, <laughs> you know, and it's like. <laughs> it's like you play, you play too much. Right. Right. No, I'm just saying though. People will say these type of things, you know, and 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 you're not doing anything. Um, so Nick, how we since you've been here the whole show, normally <laughs> I, I was expecting you to be gone thirty minutes right. ago, but I, I, I honestly, I, dog on that appointment. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I, I I thank you for for coming in and dropping the gems and the knowledge. And like I said, um, the one thing that I have been blessed to do is have some very powerful, educated, strong, opinionated women in my life, black women that will um, keep me honest, but that will drop knowledge and um, gems on me. And you are two women that I respect highly. And I'm glad that you are here um, educating my listeners, educating uh, me and um, just, you know, I feel privileged just to be having this conversation with you all because um, there's there's just um, a lot of times that men feel as though that they can dictate the conversation of what happens with women. And I don't know how it is to be a woman. I don't know how it is to carry a child. I don't know how it is to have those natural maternal instincts. You know, I'm, I, I consider myself a good dad. And I try to be um, a, a man who does the thing that God has me to do. But even in my life, I know there are some blind spots that I could have as a man. So that it's important to have that woman voice, that woman perspective of, of and, and, and especially church leaders. And I respect you ladies for even coming out and having the voice because a lot of times women that are church leaders are a lot of times like oh no I don't want to go there or I don't want to do anything but the fact that you all are coming out with your voice and speaking truth to power and speaking so strongly I just want to thank you both um um for doing this with me today and having this discussion but Nick so how we normally do is we um just have like a, a final thought um, that we drop um, just before we end the show because we normally do a segment called The Block is Hot, but I think this show today <laughs> was The Block is Hot because um, the rights of women um, are under attack. The rights of black uh, people are under attack. Um, our privacy is under attack. Um, and basically what they're telling you, because even, Nicole, you live in a state where they just dropped a law that teachers can carry guns to school and only need what twenty four hours of training. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, and that law was just passed a week ago and signed by the governor. So it's like I, I, I'm, I fear for our. And I'm embarrassed by that. I'm embarrassed by that. Yeah. By the way, and and I'm and, embarrassed that I live in a state that would even. My child is not going to public schools. Okay. <laughs> right. He's no. not. If I got to homeschool him. <laughs> right. We, and, you're not going to a school where the teacher can carry a gun. Shot. By the right and 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 because she untrained because she untrained <laughs> she's shaking like Don Knox and, and what well, is black kid because she's scared of black kids and and it, it's like well you shot it, he wasn't an active shooter he was a student right. well I fear for my life they'll just use the same excuse police officers use right. when they shoot somebody in the back and when you have an ignorant mm -hmm. teacher you know when you when you run across an ignorant teacher who um, is still stuck 
in, in slave mentality who's looking at a kid who's reaching in the backpack, you know, because you said something they don't like, they reach in their bag to grab a phone to call a parent, and you shoot them because you feel like they're armed. You are creating a situation mm-hmm. for ignorance to become an excuse. No, no, no. They, we got to do better by our kids. And ignorance is not yeah. an excuse. So, um, but we how we close it out, Nick, is um, we have people give final thoughts and final um, saying just uh, overall to wrap up the uh, subject today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you and Shonda have the final thought. Nick, what you got to say? I want to pull a scripture from the Bible. No, go ahead. We, we pull <laughs> and I want to, I want to apply it here. I want to, I'm laughing because you know, as, as, as a pastor, we, we often, use any scripture to apply to the, the sermon <laughs> or the messaging. Absolutely. And so I'm going to do the same thing here as I close. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Mark 13. I'm just going to say, take heed, watch and pray, watch and pray. Because we are living in a day where we need the prayer warriors to pray. We need the people of God to cry out. Because we depend on God to do what we can't do. We need to be watchful. Because there are things that God is requiring us to do. And we need to be attentive to those things. And we need to take heed to those things. We can't just pray. We have to be watchful. We have to be mindful. And we have to go to work. And when God sees our efforts, when God sees us fighting, He'll be God. He'll fight on our behalf. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Nick. Thanks. That was beautiful. Yes. Rabbi? <clears throat> Addressing unconscious bias takes a conscious effort. If you don't have a uterus, you shouldn't be the decisive voice on what happens with another woman's body. The government shouldn't be involved in what's happening in our bedrooms. Our cell phones shouldn't have more stricter privacy laws than our bedrooms. So find your voice. Educate yourself. Don't just eat from the media platform of lies. You do have a choice. What you can't choose are the consequences. So if you decide to be quiet when it comes to making choices, keep that same energy when you face the consequences. Wow, she dropping them. She dropping them continuously. She's dropping them continuously. Well, I just want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of road to damascus where it's not about the road it's about the journey i promise to try to get more shows we're gonna be coming back because the summer has been crazy but we love you all thank you all for listening and until next time god bless Nick, thank you. I love you so much. Thank you.